Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. We are back. We are back, baby. We're back and we're bad with interviews again, interviews with some really top driven entrepreneurs, some pretty amazing people we've had, of course, over the last several years. And well, this week is no different. And I know you're here because you want to get into the mind, right? You want to get in the mind of someone who's driven to create something out of nothing. That's what I say entrepreneurs are. And this week I have my guest, Norma Kamali. Now, you may have heard of Norma and her line. She's an iconic name in the fashion world, a really innovative approach to what she does. Um, she has created and pioneered all sorts of businesses, uh, everything from fashion to health and beyond for, well, we were just talking over 53 years. So we're going to get into her mind a little bit about the longevity of business and what it takes to open a small business as a woman in 1967 and to move on and continue and be thriving in, in the depth of Manhattan and New York, right on the island, still in 2021, just crushing it. Norma, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. I'm happy to be here with you. Well, I'm happy to be here with you too. You know, before yes. we, were, we were going, I just, uh, I complimented your, uh, I, I love your jacket. I love your bangs. I love your glasses. Where do you kind of, how do you continue innovating? I feel like I watch people that aren't in the fashion world like myself, and we seem to get stuck in our favorite decade. How do you continue that rolling? Is it just being in the industry or is it something deep inside you? Well, I've been sort of on this path for 53 years. So every year there are four collections and each collection has to reflect not only the time we live in and the needs of people and sort of where the uh, aesthetic is going at that period in time. This is a very significant period, obviously, that affects what everybody does. And in from a fashion perspective, it's very, um, it's very connected to the world we live in, the country we live in, um, and what's going on. So fashion is constantly moving and changing. And I have a personality that is very compatible with that type of uh, a career path. And so I enjoy the, um, the process of doing, evolving and doing things, not just to make them new, but to take them to the next step, to explore, to open another door, to find another way, to do something that will make people feel good, to do something that looks good. Uh, and that's relevant to the time we're in. So and Relate to the exploring side, you know, the, uh, right. when, when you said, I, I just love that, you're like exploring, creating, trying to find something new. Do you feel like this is something that you've done even before you started business? Like meaning, was business an extension of that personality of, you know, I see something, I want to make it better. I want to create a new idea. Were you like that as a kid or is this something that you grew into? 
Yeah, I think so. And I think um, you kind of know that about yourself. We tend to like to do things we're good at, right? So most people are not trying to break into like, I am not wanting to be a singer because I know that probably will not be a good thing for me. So I just started to connect all the dots of the things that I felt confident doing, that I enjoyed doing, that I got excited about. And, and then I, as an artist, I had to learn how to combine art and commerce. And I understood by adding commerce to it, I could then afford to do more of the art. And then I added more commerce and then I afforded to do more of the art and it kept building that way. And there was a point in time where I had to decide that I had to be, I had to understand business in order to be a creative person. And so the blending of art and commerce came about um, because I desired to have a creative life. Can you give me an example, Norma, when just give everyone an example of what you mean by commerce and what you mean by art? Is this you're making designs but not selling them and you have to blend the commerce in? What's an example of how they blend so Most artistic people um, resist the business side of things. It's sort of, it, it's sort of not a natural partner, right? It's not a natural kind of tendency for creative people. And I initially wanted to be a painter. And then in the 60s, I was able to spend time in London when the 60s revolution was just starting. And I found my true love there. I found my creativity there. And, and I ended up um, opening a store in New York and I started to make clothes and then I realized making the clothes was great at one point I felt like I couldn't charge people because how could they pay for something I made am I good enough will they care will they think it's good enough and then you learn that yes if they buy it then you can buy more fabric and you can make more of it and you can have more of that creative life. And so learning about the balance of the creative and the business and understanding that if I want to really think out of the box creatively and I decide I want to do a dress with six sleeves, well, if, well, I, do here we go. With, if I do a dress with six sleeves, I may not be able to continue a creative life, but if I do maybe three dresses with six sleeves and 300 dresses that I love, but more people will like, then I have the balance of a creative life and I have a business that can support that. That's really good. You know. I feel very much the same way in, in the business I do and whether we're doing, you know, this radio show or, or any different service or product, you have to have passion. You have to have, I think, authenticity about that. And there has to be this reflection of this is who I am. This is what I really want to and can bring to the world. But then I love that as a fashion designer, you're talking, I need to sell it. 
there's certainly plenty of artists in the world, you know, writers, painters, designers, et cetera, right? Coders, you know, the list goes on of what you would call art. Um, what would you tell the person that feels like selling is always selling out? And the fear is if I start to sell this and I start to, I don't want to create a product with marketing in mind because then I feel like I'm diminishing the true quote unquote art or creation. Where is that line of being authentic to your vision and finding out the market and the, the, the demand? Or is there a line? How do you see that? Well, first of all, that person needs to think clearly about how long a life they want to have as, as a creative person. And if they can't find a way to blend in marketing, merchandising, selling, it's, they're, not gonna, they're not gonna have a life because as a designer, I learned very early when I, you know, every, every business has highs and lows and I had a really big low early in my career. And I never told anybody anything. I didn't tell anybody I had a problem. I kept everything a secret. I was too, you know, embarrassed to talk about the fact that I, you know, I had problems and that was going to put me out of business. But when I finally was in a situation where I just said with tears in my eyes and not in very good shape, this is what's happening. I'm, I have a problem. All of a sudden people could help me. All of a sudden I, I learned that telling people your story is number one, being unique, authentic, and smart about what you're trying to do, who you're trying to reach, what your purpose is, what your objectives are. And then realizing if you can't tell your story, nobody will know you. If you can't be perfectly clear about a problem you have and how to solve it and what you need to know, then you can't grow. Now, I learned that I had to learn how to run a business, even though I was a woman in a world that did not have women running businesses. It just didn't exist. I didn't have any mentors. I didn't know who to turn to. But I needed to, I was obsessed with this creative life and I needed to know. And so I realized I needed to know about business. I needed to know how to pay back loans that I was borrowing. I needed to know how to price garments so I didn't put myself out of business, that I was making enough of a profit to pay the overhead, to pay for more people if I needed people. I had to learn it from my survival. And I looked at it that way. If you don't look at it that way, and there are many designers that do not look at the business part of it, they work for companies or they work for people who they work in a company that investors own. They have no voice in those companies. They really are sometimes subjected to designed by committee. It is a very stifling situation for a creative person, but that's what 
the option is if you are not aware of the cost of everything you're doing, how much you're going to sell it for, who you're going to sell it to, and what relevance does the product you're making have in the world, how unique are you, and how authentic are you to survive over a period of time? And it sounds like too, you know, if you, what I'm hearing is if you're an artist and, you know, you see yourself as an artist first, entrepreneur second, but if you don't take the reins and get into the market a bit and decide how you want to position, price, sell, et cetera, maybe you compromise your artistic vision, you know, quote unquote, 5%, right? Because you go, well, people don't have six arms, so I can't make six sleeve dresses to your point. But if you don't do it for yourself, then the alternative is you'll be doing it in your mother's basement with nobody seeing it, right? Or you'll right. be working in that big stifling investor-owned company exactly. that some of them are fine, right? But you're going to be working in a place where it's someone else's vision anyway. So which one is a greater compromise? Doing it on your own and compromising a small amount for market or doing it under someone else's and really you're up to whatever they want or you're in the basement and nobody's seen you in the first place. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You know, Matt, I will tell you what happens is um, I, for example, I look at designing costumes for famous people and I have a challenge. I have, they perform in a certain way. They look a certain way. They have a certain body type. And my goal is to create something that will be magic for them, but respects all the restrictions that I might have in the total picture of who that celebrity is. Or if I am doing costumes for a dance, I have restrictions and information about how much I can spend on the fabric or how many people are going to be it and what they have to do in it. So everything has boundaries. Everything has um, a, a, a sort of real factor. We have a dress right now that, and this is a great example, we have a dress right now called the Diana dress. We are selling it, we're, we're on many, many, many e-com platforms, and we are selling this dress to all of them, and they all have a different demographic, and we're selling it at a rate that I can't believe in, in my life that so many dresses can sell to so many people over the period of time it has. And especially since COVID and, and sort of in this other phase of COVID, the sales have even tripled. And so I look at that and I say to myself, uh-oh, trouble ahead. I better come up with something else because Diana's not going to last forever. I mean, everybody's buying it up. What am I going to do? So my job as a designer is to solve that problem and be creative while I do it. So my solution to it, and I will yet to find out whether it's a real, real success, is I decided to do to look at the Diana dress and try to understand why it was so popular. Why is it so popular? The price is great. It's, um, it's $225 and the look of the dress says maybe $800 or $900. It, it has 
a built-in bodysuit and drapery. Drapery um, comes from the bodysuit and it fits everyone because the bodysuit holds them in and the drapery just drapes beautifully on everybody of all heights, weights, types, you name it. And you can wash the dress. That's got to be a huge thing. You're buying a two, $300 dress. I'm guessing often it's a dry cleaning. And no, dry, a lot yeah. of e-commerce, right? That's right. With e-commerce, I watch my wife at home. She gets the Amazon packages. She gets, you know, the different clothes right. to try on, shoes to try on. And unfortunately, 90% goes back because you yeah. try it on and it feels weird, looks weird, whatever it is. So that sounds like it's a really right. innovative and creative way to do it. Yeah. So my dilemma is, what am I going to do next? My God, our sales have skyrocketed. The increase in our business, that's going to drop if Diana dies. So holy crap, I got to come up with something. So I can't just design whatever I want. I have to think about this from a business perspective. I own this business. I'm responsible to all of these accounts who are doing really well and want to continue doing well with me. I'm going to, I have my own e-commerce platform. I want that to do well. I've hired a lot of new people, not just because of that dress, but we have other things like that happening. And I want them to continue to be employed and I want them to be, continue to be an important part of the company. So what do I do? So I came up with Diana and her cousins. So I looked at all the factors. Right. I looked at all the factors that made that dress work. And I said to myself, the bodysuit is very key because everybody feels held in with the bodysuit. So when you feel like your tummy is held in and you can actually eat dinner if you go out, then that's one thing. And it's going to fit more people if it has a bodysuit under it. And it's going to feel good. And so I did pick up the key sort of points and price, 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 price. I was even able to make her cousins less expensive. So I say to myself, fingers crossed, I have four cousins. Let's see what happens. And so we are waiting now, as I speak with you, for our results of our wholesale sales for the spring collection, which is where Diana and her cousins were featured. So by the end of next week, I will know if, if any of our accounts bought her cousins, which ones they bought, and then when they get shipped, which is January, February, March, I will find out if the consumer likes her cousins as much as she likes Diana. Yeah. And it sounds like, so again, if we can break it down for every style business as well, Norma, because um, you know, these are, you're talking principles right now that go beyond fashion by a, a large margin. That's right. That's and the right. The main principle I'm hearing is when you when you get that, because not everything, if, if if I could be so bold, probably not every single design you've ever done over 53 years has been a hit. Is that fair to say? True. It's true. But when you it's nail true. that hit and you're like, what is it about it? You can tack on that principle and you can go on and create something that 
isn't the same thing, right? You don't want to make a can't be the same. No, it can't be a no. You're right. Right. You don't want to do a a clone and and fall in that rhythm where you know I see video game developers do that, where the first one's a hit, so the next one is this carbon copy. That right. What happens is the popularity drops off, but you're looking for what's the principle that made this thing work. Let's do it again. I do have an idea for you if you're open to it. I, I think it's it's probably it's going to be the Dan. And probably it's going to be a men's bodysuit pants <laughs> with some parachute <laughs> pants kind of there, you know, it'll be the, the Thanksgiving, my Thanksgiving, because I don't want to wear sweats every Thanksgiving anymore, okay? Right. I'm, I'm tired of that, but if I could get... <laughs> no, well, I'm Matt, I, I'm, we have, you know, I sell my collection. I, I look at my work as democratic and inclusive, meaning all genders, all all colors everybody every shape size color and so my collection each season is initially designed for women however we have my the core of my customer base is probably between 25 and 45 and yes I have 55 65 and I get lower too but the real bulk is in there so so having said that, I have, I have to look at, well, what about the woman that's my age? What about the woman that's in her 50s? So what we do is then we photograph the same collection that we photograph on models that represent bulk of the following. Then we photograph it on women. We just did a shoot on a, a Kundalini yoga instructor with beautiful silver hair. And she and styled it for her same clothes, exactly the same clothes, but just styled for her. And then, and this is going to happen this Thursday, I take the collection. So this very same spring collection is going to be shot. And I have two guys who are going to pick outfits themselves from the collection, anything they want to put together, they're going to bring in their own shoes, accessories, and they're going to put outfits together of the very same collection. And we'll photograph that and we'll put that up on our site. Now, they may not do the Diana and her cousins, but there are lots of other styles that are gender fluid and something I think you could wear. You may be surprised, but I think you could. I'm excited. Well, I, it's, uh, I'll get ready for that for Thanksgiving because I do like the idea okay. of a bodysuit under a flowing garment. Hey, uh, <laughs> as, as we uh, come to the backside of this, the time together we have, this is amazing. Guys, you can find out, of course, you can check out this. I'm just looking at it here. I think it's a really cool concept. If you want to see what we're talking about, the Diana gown and, and all the different colors, sizes, flavors, and everything, it's just at normakamali.com. That's K-A-M-A-L-I. So I'm, I'm over at normakamali.com. Um, you get in there. They're at Saks Fifth Avenue. They're all over the place, a gazillion e-commerce. But one of the things I saw on your website, um, Norma, is you, of course, have your new book, which I really, really love this concept. It's, of course, I Am Invincible. And here's what the cover looks like. Check this out. I'm just going to read this, and I just want you to sit back and listen to it wherever you are. If you're driving, keep your eyes open, but just listen to this. The book's I Am Invincible by Norma Norma Kamali. When I feel empowered and when I am healthy, I am strong, and then I can do all the things I need to do. 
to reach the goals I need to reach in order to fulfill my big dreams that are as big as the world and as optimistic as my mind can imagine. I will age with power and influence, change because I know my purpose. Wow, what an innovative and cool cover. And what a, where did that, that come from? How long did it take you to come up with that? Was this a flow from like a meditation? Was this something you worked on with the publishers? Tell me about this, well, that's, this vision that's statement. Been, that's been my mantra for a very, very, very long time. And the book is really a handbook um, on life. And in my 76 years, I have a tremendous amount of experience. And I realized that I have a lot of information to offer people. I mentor a lot of people, a lot of young designers and people in business. And so I put together experiences, not only in business, but as a, as a woman in this world we live in, in all the, the learning experiences through each decade, but it's also based in healthy lifestyle and sleep, diet, exercise are the three pillars of a healthy lifestyle. And they're very much a support system and a solution-based approach to, to a healthy life. And I think I really am so happy when I hear the responses from people who've read the book and that, uh, that they're getting a lot out of it and they use it as a handbook. And it gave me a lot of pleasure to share information that I think can be valuable for people who just want to know if they're in their 20s, what's it going to be like in your 30s? If you're in your 30s, what's going to happen in your 40s? And I take them to as far as I've gone. <laughs> as and, far then, as and then I, I'm, a, I'm a long gamer, so I'm looking ahead and I follow and I've interviewed women who are 100 and over who have inspired me. Um, and so I think it's really important to have a sense of what's to come so that you don't feel alone in any of the ups and downs that life does give us and that you try to prepare. And by having a healthy lifestyle, you are, you're starting with the right preparation. And I refer to that a lot in the book. And so I thought my mantra had helped me so much through the years that I thought that that would make the best cover for the book. And I actually handed the publisher the book pretty much as you see it, including the cover. I absolutely love it. Norma, you are, you're, you're, you're spitfire, you are vision, you are inspiration. And you mentioned 53 years in business rocking in your 70s and you know fresh as a daisy you make me feel tired uh, it must be the Manhattan <laughs> water <laughs> it's been fabulous fabulous spending some time with you final final uh, question here Nora and and we'll roll what is the secret to staying so young with every how do you how, what's the secret to reverse aging that's clearly what you're doing what do we need to do? No, I, I'm not reversing aging. I am, I'm happy to be aging with power. 
And that power comes from feeling good about the experience that I have, feeling very smart and very able to deal with tasks that maybe other people haven't had the experience dealing with. And healthy lifestyle is the only thing I can say that everybody needs to start doing as soon as possible so that you can feel good about yourself, you can feel good about your body and about your energy so that you can really fulfill your dreams. You can really have the energy to make all of those things you'd like to come true to actually happen. And knowing your purpose early is really super helpful because you don't then wander along a path. You know the direction you have to go in. So when you get off the path by mistake, you get back on it and you go where you should be going. But wandering along is not is not so good. Uh, wander, wandering mentally, emotionally, spiritually is always right. associated with with negative states. Yeah. But I love it. Norma Kamali says it best. There's no pill. It's just three principles: sleep, nutrition, and exercise. You're running the long game. The tortoise wins the race. Every time I read the book, the tortoise <laughs> wins. Norma Kamali, thank you for thank coming you. on. You're so Thanks, amazing. Matt. Thank you. This was fun. Guys, that is, sorry about that. That is the Driven Entrepreneur this week. Hey, listen, Norma Kamali, man, my goodness. So check out everything, the Diana dress and all the fashion she has coming up at normakamali.com. You can also follow her on Instagram. It's a pretty cool Instagram feed. I'm, again, I'm on it now. It's Norma Kamali. Uh, follow her on Instagram. There are photos, tons and tons of videos. And I think that there might even be a wiener dog, maybe. I got a wiener dog. This is great. So uh, we got to chat with Norma a little more again. Um, looking forward to it. And then the book, of course, is available anywhere where you get books. It's I Am Invincible. You can get it on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com. And of course, you can get it at normakamali.com. Thanks again, Norma. And thank you for listening to The Driven Entrepreneur. You make this happen. And we'll be back next week with another Driven Entrepreneur. Until then, get out there and go do something. Remember, Fortis wins every single time. Bye-bye.